This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to today's episode on Masutatsu Oyama, the man who in karate is known worldwide as Mas Oyama. Us. But let's start with this. I'm Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. And don't forget, Landon is still having fun at camp. Hey, I wonder what he's been up to, Sensei Jackie. Well, according to the pictures, it looks like he's been on the waterfront with kayaks and sailing and water skiing. Wow. Before we introduce our guest, can I say that I was talking to my teenagers who aren't at sleepaway camp, but they are at camp every day, the teenagers? Yes. Paddle boarding, rock climbing, zip lining. These kids are having a time. I was going, darn, to be a teenager now, right? Wouldn't that be great? I'm saying. But it's not so shabby here. No, it is not shabby here because today we're lucky enough to have Sensei Randy as our guest. He's been on plenty of times. He's a great friend, a black belt in his own right, and, and I'm not sure if this is a double-sided sword, my nephew. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Sensei. Hi, everybody. We're glad to have you. Thanks. Always great to be back. Okay, here we go. When I was doing the research on O-Sensei Oyama, I realized that there is no way we're going to get through all the information on him in just this one episode. So I'm randomly going to do a highlight reel. Hope the audience enjoys our craziness. I hope so too, but it's it's a great way to talk about him. At the end of the episode, they'll get the craziness joke. Ah. Because of the crazy karate life? Okay, never it's mind. It's a teaser. That's what Landon would say. It's a teaser. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's start with some quotes. I have to be honest with you here. I used a site called A to Z Quotes for these. I respect the legacy of Master Oyama very much, and he is one of Peter Urban's three teachers. Sorry to interrupt, but here we should mention that everyone should scroll back a couple of episodes and listen to our episode on Grandmaster Urban. True. But anyway, back to the quotes. I didn't know exactly which quotes were credited to Master Oyama, so I looked. Oh, good. I get to start us out. Before I read mine, I want to say that a dogi is a karate uniform. I've always just called it a gi. Yes. When I looked it up online, they said it's really more of the heavier judo gi, but now I really digress. <laughs> it's the clothes you wear to train in. Okay, here's the quote. Until the day I die, I never want to be separate from my dogi. I never want to cease my training efforts in the dojo. I really like that one because as you'll hear... Mr. Oyama and I, we have very little in common, but like him, I do want to be wearing my gi every single day and keep on training until the day I die. Yes. Now I'm, I'm going to be a hard act to follow, aren't I? You certainly are. Are you up, Sensei Jackie? Yes, I am. The path of martial arts begins and ends with courtesy. So be genuinely polite on every occasion. I love that one. I do too, because it, it's for in and out of the dojo. Being genuinely polite and every occasion is really challenging. Challenging to the impossible, but it does keep you from being cynical. And there's mm. joy in trying. That's correct, right? Yes. I really like that one, Sensei, and I'm going to finish this off with two of them. The first one is, always remember that the true meaning of Budo is that the soft overcomes hard and the small overcomes large. And Master Collegian used to say that all the time. We've talked about it a lot of times on this podcast, so go back and listen to other episodes. What's your other one? And then the other one is, one becomes a beginner after 1,000 days of training. One becomes a master after 10,000 days of 
practice. So I'm challenging the audience to do that math. Because he didn't say after 1,000 days. He said 1,000 days of training. So that's some time spent, isn't it? Yes. Yikes, Adelic. It's also a lot of math. (laughs) Well, we did it before the podcast, and it was overwhelming. Yes, it is. Okay, on that fun note, (laughs) (laughs) let's push on with some boring information. The birth and death stuff. Oh, Sensei, I've got this. He was born July 27th, a Leo, if you follow the Zodiac, in 1923 in South Korea. And his original name was Yong I Cho. He changed his name while in Japan to Matutatsu. Really cool name. Oyama. And he died April 26, 1994, in Tokyo of lung cancer. I just want to say you know the Leo thing because you're also a July well, birthday. I, I, well, I, I saw he was in July, so I was like, is he also a Cancer? He... Oh, he was close to you. <laughs> he was close. Not. I'm just going to add here that we read a lot of contrasting information about dates and cities, as we always do. So if you're out there and you are the definitive source on Mr. Oyama, please get in touch with me. You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Wildcat Dojo at dojoconversations at AOL.com. Or finally, you can catch up with us on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. I always forget that one. Thank you for adding that. Okay, I'm going to push us on here. Sensei, can I interrupt this part? Of course. Because I found this site called sangmartialarts.com that calls him Sose Oyama. And they say that Sose means president. Wow, that is interesting. I have never heard the term sosei before. How do you, Sensei Randy? I had to think about it, Sensei, but I think I have an anime. Oh, an anime. That makes sense. Okay, let's jump over to his training, with the highlight of that being that he had years studying with Gichin Funakoshi. Start this one out for me, please, Sensei Jackie. Yes. He started at age nine in Korea in a style that mixed Kempo and Jiu-Jitsu. A little later, he studied Shaolin Kung Fu, and at 15, he moved to Japan to attend military school, specializing in aviation. Okay, I got to jump in here and say, we got a lot of this information from the Traditions book that we've mentioned many times on this show. And it was published before Masutatsu Oyama actually passed away. It's true. Anyway, we're back in Japan, and he starts training in Shotokan. That's Gichin Funakoshi's style. Right, Sensei Randy? Right. I'll pick it up and add that while in Japan, he moved to Tokyo and was accepted as a student by Gichin Funakoshi and his son. He studied directly with Gichin Funakoshi every day, and he was there for a few years while doing his military work. Also, at this time, he joined the Utokokai, where he specialized in teaching espionage and guerrilla tactics. And before I go on, I want to say, now you can see what we don't have in common. Espionage and guerrilla tactics. It's just not my style, right? Well, also think that's World War II. So that that espionage and guerrilla tactics—that's what they were prepping for. Probably really dirty, dirty warfare stuff because Japan was, yeah, of course, pretty like brutal at that point. Yes. Okay. Wait. Can I add one? Sure, Sensei. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Did you guys read that Masoyama studied Goju-ryu with Nichu So? And Nichu So was a student of Chojin Miyagi. No, but that's really cool. However, I think we should stop and say really quickly that Chojin Miyagi is the founder of Goju-ryu Karate. So Mr. Oyama obviously had a lot of famous teachers. But I'm thinking 
that at the time they were just teachers. And then later they became famous, right guys? <laughs> I think so. And at that time in Japan, there were a lot of people uh, that were excited. It was sort of like a renaissance of martial, martial arts. arts. Yeah. Yes. Propagating martial arts. Agreed. Okay. Back to it. His karate really changed when he decided to go for his year-long sabbatical at Mount Kiyosumi. They say his daily routine was seven hours of training, including striking trees and breaking stones. I am forced to mention again that everyone should go back a few weeks and listen to our Makiwara Tamashiwara episode. Because Tamashiwara is breaking, folks. But sources say he also fought wild animals. Mm, I'm not sure whether to say wow or yuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do have bears in Japan. I mean, here's this animal just going along with his life, and then all of a sudden a guy jumps out. (laughs) (laughs) You're not visualizing it that way? I was thinking who started the fight. Do you think... (laughs) Do you think it was like, you know, in the street fights where they're like, who are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you think he like went up to the bear? He's like, rrr, rrr. that would be awesome. And the bear goes, you talking to me? <laughs> Cross this line. That's funny. See this claw? Okay. Keep it going before we get way off track. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. You know what else? He slept eight hours a day and did daily meditation, even in unusual places like waterfalls. The trip was supported by a statesman named Ozawa, who sent him $50 a month for expenses. Pretty amazing. That's kind of like an art patron. It is really, a lu- I'm saying, a lucky guy. Oh, so oh, I found yeah. somebody to support him yeah. while he was gone. And it was during his time at the mountain that he refined the philosophy that would become Kyukushin Kai, the style that he originated. And they say that this happened in 1948, which means he'd be about 25 years old. What occurred to me was, that that was the same age that Master Urban was when he was working on his book, The Karate Dojo. I just think that's a fun coincidence, don't you guys? Us. Does that mean I missed the boat? Because <laughs> you're over 25? Mm. But uh, then again, other people started great careers at all ages. I'm not saying 25 uh, is an optimal age. I'm just saying uh, both men uh, were martial artists. Both men made a major turn at age 25. That's right. Uh, here's another really cool thing. It's about the Kikushin Patch. Did you guys look it up? Yes. I did, and it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. So I did a little research and found out that the calligraphy, they call it artwork, for his style was created by a man named Sensei Haramatoki. And the kanji means the Society for the Ultimate Truth. I tried to get a picture of it to put up on Twitter for us, but there's nothing out there that's open sourced. So the audience, like us, is just going to have to Google it if they want to see, and more importantly, compare it to the actual kanji, because then you can really see the artwork aspect of it. It really is beautiful. Yes. But let's get back to Mr. Oyama, and we're entering the time when he both traveled and fought bulls. Let's get this bull stuff out of the way, which I just want to say, bull stuff. Bull stuff. See how I went there? I I see. Terrible. Because it creeps out both myself and Sensei Jackie, because we're animal lovers. Okay, so you're taking this one, right? Us. I got it. The internet says that when he came down from the mountains, he lived in a slaughterhouse and fought and killed bulls. He also fought bulls on his trips to America. And there is video of him using his knife hand to separate the horn from a bull. I have seen that film. It didn't come up in my most recent search, but another film did. It's a 20-minute documentary that was made about him, and it's called Shochiku. 
I didn't search it yet. Did anyone? Not yet. Not yet. But we will get to it someday. Now we move on to the 50s and the 60s. And I just want to say, here in America, it was happy days and then... I'm just saying, the 50s and the 60s. He was traveling worldwide and making a name for himself. We're going to each pick out one highlight from that trip. Us? Us. Us. I think you go first, Sensei. I love when I get to go first. I hardly ever get to go first. But he did travel to America, and he did demos with a judo guy and a pro wrestler named the Great Togo. They challenged boxers and wrestlers, and legend says that Oyama never lost any fights in that entire series. This made him very well known. I did a little research on the great Togo. Man, he's interesting. We're going to do a whole episode on him. His real name is Kazuo Akamura. I'm excited about that, right? That will be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go with this one. According to the traditions book, On one of his trips to the West, he used his knife hand to snap the neck of a bottle, and the phrase God hand was coined. Hmm. Mm. We also did a little research on that phrase God hand, and it just opened up a a mess of um, different opinions. Was it like you snapped the neck of the bottle of Pandora's bottle? (laughs) That's a good one. I had to stretch for that one. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But I have another story. We read uh, where he spent some time in Asia, where he fought and defeated the Black Cobra, who was the reigning welterweight Thai kickboxer. So I dug a little deeper and didn't find any hard evidence. But I did drop into a Muay Thai talk forum that said if it did happen, it would have been a great fight. And also, I found a modern-day MMA fighter named the Black Cobra. Hmm. Oh. Well, on that note... I'm going to jump into things that he broke in public. Us. But before you do, can I jump in here and say that the internet says that in 1958, the FBI invited him to teach at West Point? Boy, to be a fly on the wall in that (laughs) lesson. Wow. And while we're off subject, the traditions book says in 1961 that he finally named his style Kyukoshin Kai. And they added that Sensei Yoama said his style emphasized Zen, Tamashiwara, and I'm quoting here, rough sparring. (laughs) Yes. Wow. I'm not even sure we need to mention his breaks, but according to the internet, he was famous for breaking bricks, rocks, and bottles. They had a note that he'd broken 30 roofing tiles, a world record, which is in contrast to the 29 that Master Collegian broke in the 1980s. Yes. They're going to need to go back and listen to that episode. Yes. I don't want to argue that point. I will, however, say that the Guinness Book of World Record people say that you cannot regulate the quality of tile or concrete. And this sent me to an interesting article out of Black Belt Magazine, October 2018, if you want to search it out, called The 10 Weirdest Martial Arts World's Records. I totally think you should look it up. Don't you guys think they should? Yes. I think so, Sensei. But we're just going to each pick one or two to talk about. What do you got? I have the most watermelon sliced on someone's stomach in one minute with a sword. Just retelling you guys, we didn't say breaks. We said world records. That's right. Because I have the most car windows broken in two minutes by hand. And I'm wondering, were they, you know, practicing or what? (laughs) And I went coconuts and did the coconut ones. 
First one is most coconuts broken in one minute by hand. The second one, most coconuts smashed in one minute using your head. And then the last one, the craziest of them, piercing four coconuts in the shortest amount of time with your finger. Ooh. Whoa. I looked at the video on that one. You guys want to note that you know how the coconut has the little spot that hooks it to the tree? Us. That's the part he pierced. Ah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Still crazy. But it's sensei. still crazy and it's still insane. Still, and I don't think I would do it. I don't think I'd do it. <laughs> how do you get that coconut out of your finger? Ooh. I, there's no segue from what she just said to Honor Athletics. <laughs> there's just nothing there that can be done. But we do want to do Honor Athletics because our sponsor, Cynthia, is wonderful. Yes, she is. Do you know how you can get in touch with her, Sensei? Yes, but tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, audience, if you would like to, you can call her or text her at 770 945 5150. I just did it this week. I texted her and she texted me back within an hour. And I was on her website this week. And so you could certainly go there. Honorathletics.com. We we were harmonizing that one, Randy. And I'm sure for the audience, I'm shaking my head at the harmonization. Harmonization. And finally, please say Wildcat Dojo on checkout for your 10% discount. And on that note, Let's do a couple of more accomplishments before we do the fun pop trivia. It's pretty clear that he was a very accomplished karateka and he was really famous, right? Yes. In 1962, he became a Japanese citizen. Unfortunately, the internet told me that it happened in 1968. So sometime in the 60s, he became a Japanese citizen. Where are you going, Sensei Randy? In 1964, he opened the Hanbu Dojo in Nishi Ikiburo, Tokyo. And according to Facebook, it is now a memorial hall dedicated to the memory of Sosei Aoyama. I totally read that. Gus, and I've got to. In 1964, he sent Moburo Osawa and three other college students to challenge Muay Thai fighters in Thailand. And they won two out of the three fights. In 1965, the book This Is Karate was published and sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And before that, he wrote and published the book What Is Karate? I read This Is Karate. Okay, one more. In 1980, he claimed to have 300,000 students worldwide and at least 520 schools, including countries that were off limits at the time, Russia, Yugoslavia, and Czechoslovakia. Yugoslavia and Czechoslovakia don't exist anymore, but they're called roughly Serbia and the Czech Republic. Two things. One, I'm so glad we have a geography buff here to help me because that information came from the Traditions book, which was published in the 90s. Right. And two, I actually knew of a Kyokushin school right on Johnson Street. It was there for many years, and we would meet the people when we were out at open competitions. And we did visit each other once. I don't have any major memory of excellent courtesy or difficult fighting. I don't have any memory like that of that being the case. I just remember we went. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Enough with the facts already. (laughs) All right. Let's play with this one. Where was Mas Oyama portrayed in pop culture? That's the question, and I get to say the first answer. In 1971, a manga, which is a comic strip, about Mr. Oyama was created. It was called Baka Ichidai, which could roughly translate to karate fanatic or a karate crazy life. 
Either way, it was published in a weekly magazine by Ikai Kajiwara. And according to the internet, that led to a trilogy of live action films based on the manga being made and released, starting in 1975 with Champion of Death and Karate Bear Fighter, also in 1975, and Karate for Life in 1977. The film starred Sonny Chiba, Master Oyama's pupil and actor. Masoyama was also in the first two movies. That's cool, but I've got one. Ryu from Street Fighter was inspired by Masoyama. It says that the game designer was a fan. I like that one. And I'll finish with my favorite. In Pokemon, the character Swa is also supposedly inspired by Masoyama. But she's kind of like a blue guy with karate gi on, so. Okay, I'm just saying the Pokemon could have been my favorite of the pop culture references. Us. Us. But either way, what a karate crazy life he has. Uh, (laughs) I have to do my own wah-wah-wahs because Landon's not here. This is how it's going to be now. We'll have him record them in Wisconsin (laughs) and send them down. Okay, I'm going to finish this because I saw a 2015 interview with one of his daughters. And she said a few personal things about him that I found actually made him more human. Oh, first off, she said he was very compassionate. Yeah, that's nice, right? Yes. Yes. He was extremely structured in time. He would always get home from the dojo at 6.30 p.m. And he would always eat dinner at 7 p.m. And he did calligraphy three times a week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, always at 4 p.m. But my final one that I saved is one that Sensei Jackie and I like the best. He had a dog and a cat as pets. That gave him a little bit more humanity, right? And a not just softness. And not just so much so many facts and figures about everything that he broke and ripped apart. Yes. I, I want to say the other thing that he and I have in common is I'm very structured about time. I like to do yes. things at the same time every day because that way that's how you get things done. Otherwise you get all off track. Yes. Right? Yes. All right. It's been fun and interesting, and I learned a lot. And those are my three favorite things about doing this podcast. So thanks for being on, Sensei Randy, especially short notice and especially just a few days before your birthday. Thank you, Sensei. Great being on. Always. You know, trying to fill that land and voids a little hard. (laughs) Can't can't quite get in the zingers like he does. Nobody can be as crazy as he is, right? Yes. All right, Sensei Jackie, is that it? That's it. I look forward to hearing from you about our episodes, and I'll see you next week. And on that note, I'm signing off. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.